long for the kinder, simpler days when, to us, a hard drive was getting up at 4 in the morning and driving for 300 miles. Today, we struggle with why our hard drive crashed and we lost our files on the computer. We long for the days when mom, dad, and us kids got together with relatives for an afternoon at the lake, and we didn't worry about communism, COVID, corruption, and chaos in the streets. Or maybe we long for the days when we could go for a bike ride and mow the lawn after work and still have the energy to play with the kids after supper. We're continuing to ask the question of why our nation and maybe our personal life has been cut back. Today on Life Journeys, we're frankly going to get beyond the easy answers to face one of the hardest realities concerning why we experience life's deepest valleys. Jesus would say, you who have ears to hear, listen up. Today's podcast is one that you may need to put in your memory bank until it's time. But the time is quickly coming upon our nation, when the hardness of the day has opened up men's ears to hear. The things that have been left covered over are about to come to the light, for God never just lets hard things happen for no reason. If you look at the signs of the times we live in, it looks like the book of Revelation is at the door. Sin has come out of the closet. Many churches are applauding immorality and calling it an alternative. Socialism is already a reality in American government as far as wealth distribution is concerned. And the Great Reset is a poorly veiled name for a one-world government. In times like these, Jesus gave the clear message to Christians in the opening chapters of Revelation. And the basic message summed up was if you want to overcome the unraveling of life as you know it, holiness is going to absolutely have to be your battle plan. I know your works, he said, and I know what you've been through, but I have this against you. What you have is about to die, and you don't know it. I counsel you to buy the gold that is refined in the fire of the chastening that is upon you. For months I've had the deep sense that what God is taking me through in my own life is a parallel to what he is starting to take the nation through. Because of the shortness of the time I have, I'll just put it this way, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. You see, faith does not give us a pass to enter heaven with defiled lives, nor does it give us authority over affliction of any kind without a walk of holiness. Paul said that many are weak or sick or have died because they didn't properly judge their hearts in respect of the body of Christ. The nation of Israel has many centuries of recorded history that establish this one thing about the nature of God. He will absolutely bring affliction, trials, and the hardest of times to bring correction to his wayward people. We've let it go too long that we think we can ask God to forgive us of our sin without asking him to also deliver us from our sin. The tribulation that is upon my life and is upon our nation will purge us of sin if we will be corrected by it, and the only relief will be holiness and the tender mercy of God to hope upon if we are truly repentant. It takes a lot for a person to admit that their calamity, sickness, weakness, or continued trials are because they've been sloppy with their soul. But that is part of the relentless love of God, you see. 
In the past year, I feel like I can relate in some small way to Daniel in captivity in Babylon. Chapter 9 of his book reveals these words. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God. Did you notice that Daniel was confessing his sin? He then says that the angel Gabriel came to him to give him understanding about how God deals with the sins of his own people. He explains much of the days of coming tribulation, and I think it's telling here that Daniel was confessing his sin and that of his nation. I've personally felt the hand of God digging deep into my soul and breaking loose things that I have allowed but never should have been so casual about. It's as if he is saying, I want to use you in a greater way, but I can't until you allow me to fully cleanse you and take you nearer to me. If we know we still need a Savior every day, then there are going to come days where God says, yes, you need a Savior and forgiveness every day, but it's time to draw nearer and get cleaner if you want to walk worthy before me and if you want to overcome what's ahead. The psalmist shows us that if churches and Christians truly want to stand against the darkness, then they're going to have to admit that just because they claim faith in Jesus doesn't mean that all is well with them. God said, I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. Even for my own sake will I do it. God has chosen some of us in this furnace of chastening to get our act together and stop living in the subtle deceptions of sin. Christians for the last generation have been far, far too touchy, defensive, and full of themselves, and explains why there is so much division in the church. But God wants to clean us up for His sake. Listen, He has a ministry for you and I that He can't give most of us yet simply because we don't want to admit our sin, repent of it, and take seriously Jesus' words. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Of Israel, and for our example, the Bible says many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. It's a shock to the soul to realize that God has no intention of letting us get away with our pet sins because we believe in His grace. If we're careful, we may still make heaven, but think of the souls that could have been touched for Him, but won't, because the Holy Spirit can't flow in our lives because of impurity. Jonah was willing to die in the sea for his sin in order to save the rest of the men in the boat, but God was so relentless that he sent a whale to bring him to shore. He had a message for the people of Nineveh that rubbed him the wrong way. He was afraid that God would forgive the people that he hated if he told them about God. Here Jonah said something very telling. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He was vain, too proud to love the unlovely, and learned the hard way that doing so will cause a man to forsake the mercy that God longs to give to him. In other words, if we hate the far left more than we love them, we're in real danger of forsaking our own mercy and our own eternity, and God is not going to let that stand any longer. 
He is a deliverer no matter what it takes. It's going to take some real soul-searching, the kind of encounters with God that may scare the daylights right out of us before we come to the place of realizing that holiness by faith is the only way healing is going to come. The prophet Hosea felt the broken heart of God deeply when he was told to send this message from God. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Come, he says, and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. Can you imagine what it's like to feel this way? Listen, the psalmist says, For your arrows stick fast in me. Thy hand presses me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart pants, my strength fails me. For the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. There must come a time for us to know the sting of the loving hand of God until we have been broken before him. And while still in the dark night of battle, we have learned to say with Jeremiah, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The heart of today's message is to watch, as Jesus said. Instead of worrying about our problems, we are called to be vigilant and guard our hearts. For out of the heart come the issues of life. God looks on the soul that trembles at his word, and he will be quick to revive the spirit of the humble.